If you would turn with me, please, to Psalm 1. This is God's Word. Let us hear Him. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf also shall not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. If you turn over to Mark chapter 11 and verse 12, read verses 12 through 14 and then 20 through 26. Mark chapter 11 at verse 12. This is after the transfiguration and they've gone into Bethany and now they are coming back from Bethany. On the following day when they came from Bethany, he, that is Jesus, was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. In verse 20. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. May God be pleased to bless this reading and hearing of his word to our hearts and to our lives. May he change our lives by his word. As the days and months go on approaching uh, spring and summer, We'll be driving uh, through the countryside and we'll see a lot of farmers uh, preparing land for, plow for planting and for growing crops. Or they'll be cultivating uh, or uh, nourishing bushes like uh, uh, tongue, tongue trees or, or pecan trees 
are fig trees. Uh, we used to have a fig tree in, in Hattiesburg that grew huge figs. I mean, big figs. Uh, and we always tried to nurture the, the fig tree so that it would continue every year to do what it was meant to do. Jesus gives us an example here of a fig tree, and it's uh, strange to us when we say that it was not the uh, season for figs that Jesus would look for figs on the tree. How many of you have seen azaleas bloom out of season because so often it's warm enough that azaleas do bloom out of season. Well, in Palestine, the fig tree is different from the fig trees in our country. The fig trees in Palestine have figs on them before the leaves. The ones here, after the leaves. So, if Jesus saw a fig tree that had green leaves on it, what would he expect? Even out of season, that there would be figs on that tree, which was a natural thing to, to, to expect. I don't want us to note here that all creation is subservient to the Lord of creation. All of creation has been made for his glory, for of him and through him and to him are all things. Though because of man's sin and man's resulting failure to care properly for creation, the whole creation is under the burden of sin and it groans and travails, the scripture says, and will do so until Jesus comes again to the resurrection, to the redemption of the body and the redemption of all things. Therefore, if a tree does not produce as it should for its creator, Jesus shows what should be done to it. He cursed it and it withered and died. And the disciples were amazed at what happened to the fig tree. As Jesus takes a physical example to tell them to have faith, to trust him, that he knows what he's doing. There is nothing that happens that's not according to God's plan. And this is a part of it. Peter said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. So Jesus uses the fruitlessness of a tree to teach a spiritual lesson. He lifts their understanding to a higher plane, in fact, to a different plane, to an eternal plane. And that's what we need to do if we are to live by faith in God, if we are to sit in heavenly places with him right now, we must see that we're to live on a higher, higher plane 
Uh, Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land. We are to pray properly. We are to pray in faith. We are to pray with power. We are to pray believing. We are to pray forgiven. That's what a fruit-bearing tree does. The scripture is full of, of illustrations about fruit-bearing believers. You look back at the Old Testament. These people that live by faith live their lives and prove that they were united by faith in God. They were sure of what they hoped for and they were certain of what they did not see. You remember Abel offered a sacrifice that was pleasing to God, but his brother Cain did not. Abel understood something on a higher plane about how you approach God through the blood. The faith of Enoch was one that pleased God. And the scripture shows that without the right kind of faith, it is impossible to please God. You think you're pleasing God with your life? And yet you don't have the right kind of faith? You're deceiving yourself. But if you have the right kind of faith, even when you stumble, when you fall, if you're still believing Jesus, you're believing that his blood is sufficient. You are pleasing unto him. That's how we can sing, rejoice ye pure in heart. When we laugh and say, Lord, I am not pure in heart in my own self. But I am pure in Christ. And therefore I can rejoice. Enoch pleased God. He had the right kind of faith. Many people believe that God exists. But they don't believe what he says after that. You must not only believe that I am, but you must believe that I reward those who diligently seek me. And that's how our lives ought to be lived. And that's what a fruit-bearing tree does, and it will prosper, Psalm 1 tells us. And it will bear fruit because it's united to the tree. Or as John 15 says, it's united to the vine. Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. Do we look like Jesus? When you look at a fig tree, you don't see apples or oranges. You see figs. That's what you expect to see. Well, when people look at us, I'm sorry, when people look at us, they ought to see Jesus. Because we are Jesus' people. We are Jesus' disciples. We're to be like him. Last Sunday we sang, more like the master I would ever be. And that's what we should be striving for, to be like him. 
Do you know what Jesus is like? Do you look forward every Sunday to worshiping the way he did? Do you believe that you have power to remove mountains? Oh, we don't expect God to do something irrational, do we? And we should not tempt him to remove some mountain, but the greatest mountain that we have is sin. And if we pray believing, sin can be removed. Sin can be confronted. Sin can be overcome. And yet we stumble because of our continued sinful nature. Oh, to believe. We have a 10-year-old granddaughter. Yeah, we just, uh, Sandra texted us yesterday and said, would you believe this? Your 10-year-old granddaughter is studying Hebrew. And she wants to be like Adoniram Judson. She's been reading his biography. He went to Burma 40 years. And she wants to continue doing what he did. And Sandra said, if anybody could do it, she can. Because she loves to study loves to read, and loves to put that to practice. And all I can say is, we'll pray for her future. <laughs> we don't know. I bet I said, you know, only God could give that kind of desire to a 10-year-old. What was it that drove Noah? What was it that made him build an ark for 120 years? There was no water. Why did he keep building an ark? Because God told him to. And he did so faithfully. He believed God, a fruit-bearing believer. If I gave you other names, you would think of things in, in people's lives because they are fruit-bearing people. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Gideon, Samuel, David, Simeon. Isn't that amazing? Simeon in Luke chapter 2 was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. How did he know about that? Because he believed God. And the Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see God's salvation before he died. What does that tell us? We need to see God's salvation before we die. Right? We need to believe him. And if you don't right now believe him, if you're not trusting him, you need to get on your knees and say, Lord, show me yourself. Show me yourself. Because we know how sinful we are. People like Zwingli, Wesley, Calvin, Whitfield, Edwards, Spurgeon, 
Carey, Billy Graham. Now this goes on and on. May God grant that we would be in that number of fruit-bearing people. Men and women out of every nation and tongue and tribe as they and we come to Zion and are planted by the rivers of waters, planted that we might bring forth fruit in season, fruit that will bring honor and glory to our God. Is God at work in the world? Is he bringing people to himself and engrafting them into the vine? A man by the name of Abid, a Muslim imam, heard about Jesus. He began to question his faith. Listen to this. He was immediately met with opposition as he began to question his faith. He began to be persecuted, ostracized by his family and friends. Abid, which is not his real name, but to protect him, Abid was eventually imprisoned and held for nine months without trial. But God indeed works in mysterious ways, and the injustice turned out to be a blessing. It was during his imprisonment that he met a Christian brother, Asid, who visited every week to share about Christ and disciple Abid after his decision to follow Jesus. And after his release, nine months, Abid was eager to share God's message with others and began learning how to plant churches among Muslim communities. And today he is one of the foremost church planting trainers in southern Ethiopia, has trained nearly 4,000 men and women how to sensitively engage Islamic communities with the gospel. Is that possible? So it's happening. And it will happen to anybody who becomes engrafted into Jesus Christ, who is planted by the rivers of water. Psalm 1 tells us the kind of person that is so planted the one who brings forth fruit, fruit that will not wither, who prospers in all he does, is the person who does not gain his understanding of life from the world. He does not walk according to the counsel of the ungodly. He does not stand in the pathway of sinners where he can get swept along with the, the crowds into that hole of darkness called death and hell. Neither does he sit where the scornful mockers sit, where those who gather strength from each other and try to mock God and cast aside his rules and commandments, as we see in our culture today, and our culture wants us to cast aside God's laws and commandments. But if you're united to Christ today, you delight in the law of the Lord. You just do. 
because he has created something in you that makes you delight in his law. Oh, how I love your law, O oh God. It's the law of liberty. A law which leads to Christ. A law which keeps us walking with God and not with the world. Therefore, we meditate on it. We think about it. We rejoice in it. It's our constant source of strength and comfort to guide to all of our circumstances. Today, tomorrow, it is the word of the, of the living God. Why do we believe it? Do you make yourself believe what God says? Or did God make you believe it? Did God give you eyes to see and ears to hear? When you say, I don't understand why the world cannot see, then you're saying you don't understand why you see. It's by grace that you have been planted by the rivers of water. It's by grace that you bring forth fruit unto life eternal. You cannot do it apart from God's word. Listen to some verses from Psalm 119. Blessed are those who walk according to the law of God. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. How can we keep from sinning against God? By hiding his word in our hearts. Memorizing, meditating, rejoicing in God's word. We tell people they need to know God and know his word. Because we have come to know him. We can say, teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Is it next week we've seen creating me a clean heart? Soon? <laughs> next week, maybe. Creating me a clean heart, O oh God, renew a right spirit within me. And when that happens, something happens through us. We begin to teach transgressors God's ways, and sinners will be converted. If sinners are not being converted through the testimony of our lives, then we're not testifying to His grace. We're just treading water. But if Christ is living in us, if his spirit is in us, there must be the evidence of his presence. You don't create it. You yield yourself up to it. An apple tree does not sit out there and say, I'm going to bear oranges. It just by nature bears apples. And so does the fig tree. Don't you hate it when you go and pick up a pecan that looks so beautiful and you crack it open and what do you find? Black meat. Jesus is talking to us here. 
We may look beautiful on the outside, but if we're full of dead meat, we need to call out for mercy. We need to say, Lord, please deal with me in my heart so that I can teach others your ways. God has given us his promises. He has promised us a Savior to save us from our sins. His name is Jesus. The Lord saves. He doesn't save us so that we can live in our sins. He saves us from our sins so that we can live by the Spirit. Jesus is all we need. He's fully man and fully God. He had to be. If there was to be any satisfaction for sin, there had to be one who could bear an eternal punishment. So he had to be both God and man. And Jesus took upon himself our humanity without losing who he was as God to bear an eternal punishment. Because if he doesn't bear that eternal punishment, we will. Because the wages of sin is not just physical death, but eternal death. And so we come and rejoice in him and thank him that that's what he has done. Notice that this fruit-bearing tree not only has power in prayer to believe that God can deal with the greatest mountain of our lives, but has compassion and forgiveness. For if we know the forgiveness of Jesus, which is unconditional, which forgets sin, then we can know how to forgive others unconditionally and forget their sins. I've got two people in my life, two deacons. I offended both of them at the same time. And I went to one and I said, would you please forgive me? And this guy wept with me. He said, I forgive you. And I even forget what you've done. And the other one says, I'll never forgive you. That never turned into 30 years. And he did forgive me. And he could not remember <laughs> what it was that I had offended him about. Can we do that? We pray that in the Lord's Prayer. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Huh? Forgive me as I, as you have forgiven me, really. When I can demonstrate that you have forgiven me, then I'll know I can forgive others. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us, both two translations there. How you prove, how do you show the fruit 
of your relationship with Jesus. Unconditional forgiveness. But in closing, let us remember that the barrenness of the fig tree showed that it withered and died under the curse, under the wrath of the Creator. You and I should be very concerned if we're not making progress in our faith and if we're not bearing the fruit of righteousness that is pleasing to Him. We need to be sure that we know what that fruit is. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Joy. Peace. All that fruit of Galatians 5 ought to be in some measure present wherever the Holy Spirit is and if it's not you'll wither and you'll die eternally but if it is present if he is present you will bear fruit because you're planted by the rivers of water you're engrafted into Christ and you will bear his fruit And you'll be able to rejoice and you'll be able to praise him. You'll be able to sing all these songs that we sing and praise him from the heart, not just with the mind. What did Jesus tell the Pharisees one day? You've got the right understanding, but your heart is far from me. Let us be sure that our hearts are settled upon him that we rejoice in Him so that we can bear the fruit that is pleasing to Him. May God make it so in our lives. Let's pray.